Good morning, I'm Andrea Fichera, and this is the Word in 7 Minutes for Wednesday, September 28, 2016. The lawyer of Mexican drug lord Joaquin El Chapo Guzman claims his client has been the victim of torture. Guzman is currently held in a federal prison in the outskirts of Ciudad Juarez, which borders El Paso, Texas. According to a medical report, Guzman presents symptoms of generalized anxiety disorder and mild neurocognitive impairment, which prove that he is being submitted to mistreatment during his incarceration. According to Guzman's defense team, he is being barred from mixing with other inmates, is not allowed to receive enough visit, and when he receives three guards with cameras come in, writing and recording everything, violating the privacy rights of their client. Guzman's legal team is even fighting to have him moved from the federal prison to the maximum security El Altiplano prison in central Mexico. The same prison where, in July 2015, after 30 years on the lam, Guzman managed to escape through a mile-long tunnel. Meanwhile, I've passed two years since the night of September 26, 2014, when 43 students from the school of Ayotzinapa disappeared in Iguala, in the Mexican state of Guerrero. But something went wrong that night. The police attacked several buses, shooting at vehicles and causing the death and injuries of several students. Even players of a local football team that were returning after a game with their own bus were involved in the attack. After the police assault, while many students were able to escape, 43 students were arrested, and since then no one knows anything about their fate. Talking of Mexico, the city of Guadalajara, also known as the Mexico's Silicon Valley, is hosting the annual International Astronautical Congress. 3,000 delegates from 80 countries gathered in what is known as the Olympic Game of Space Industry. This conference aims also to show how, after years of American and Russian domination, emerging countries are becoming more involved in space exploration. Beyond China, the biggest highlight of the conference has been the Tesla CEO, Elon Musk. The tycoon who created PayPal and Tesla has unveiled his long-awaited Mars colonization project. The American entrepreneur has left behind the recent failure of the space company SpaceX and has presented his plan in greater detail. The colonization of Mars will start with the launch into space of carbon fiber spaceship carrying between 100 and 200 crew members. For this operation will be needed rockets with twice the power of the Saturn V, the NASA's carrier that took the first astronauts to the moon. During his speech, titled Making Humans a Multiplanetary Species, Musk said that the long-term goal is actually building a city on Mars. But the entrepreneur also recognized that such a feat cannot succeed unless the major national space agency will come into play, saying it will be a public and private partnership. He even launched an implicit warning for NASA, highlighting how his short-term and long-term plans to reach Mars will be faster, cheaper and better than those being developed by the US space agency or its counterparts. Now let's talk about what's happening in Poland. Thousands of people across the country took to the street against the new law proposed by the ruling party Law and Justice, which will ban all abortions. The gathering took place in the major city under the slogan Kzarny Protest, meaning Black Protest, put forward and organized by Wenches to Wenches, an organization which opposes the strengthening of the abortion regulations. It all started in April, when, during a Sunday celebrations, many priests read the document of the Episcopal Conference in support of the Fundacia Pro, 
the organization sponsored the campaign Stop Abortion, pushing many women to left churches and railing against the priests and the draft law. Currently, abortion is disciplined by an act of 1993, among the strictest in Europe, that decrees the exercise only in those cases where the mother's life is at risk, the pregnancy is the result of a rape or incest, or the fetus is seriously malformed. The new draft, supported by the government, however, establishes access only when the woman's life is in serious danger. Therefore, are no longer contemplated abortion if the pregnancy is the result of abuse. Moreover, the law provides up to five years in prison for women and doctors who practice abortion beyond the unique expressed eventuality. While the policy of Prime Minister Beata Zidlo's government is attempting to provide any form of support for large families in order to boost the country's stagnant birth rate. One more story. Not many know that on September 26 of 33 years ago, a man saved the world from the World War III. Reagan had already called Russia an evil empire, and the world was hanging in front of the concrete risk of a third world war. In the same time, Stanislav Petrov, a lieutenant colonel in the Soviet Armed Force, was on duty at the Serpukov 15, a secret bunker not far from Moscow. Petrov's job included monitoring the Oko nuclear early warning system and notifying his superior of any impeding nuclear missile attack against the Soviet Union. If inbound missiles had been detected, the Soviet Union's strategy was an immediate nuclear counterattack against the United States, specified in the doctrine of mutual assured destruction. After midnight, the nuclear warning system reported that one intercontinental ballistic missile was heading toward the Soviet Union. Then, Pedrov considered the detection a computer error, since it was unlikely that a nuclear power, like the United States, were to launch a singular nuclear warhead, so the colonel dismissed the warning as a false alarm. But later, the computers identified four additional missiles. He again believed that it was all caused by a series of errors, since the missiles, still in flight to the Soviet soil, were not detected from any other sources. Everything was in the end of Petrov. One phone call would change the world forever. But in the end, thanks to his instinct and his competence, he was able to avoid an unprecedented disaster. Despite this, Lieutenant Petrov had not commendation by the Soviet army, and his story was revealed to the world only after the collapse of the Soviet Union. That's all for today. Subscribe or follow the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. And visit the website at theworldin7minutes.com. As always, thanks for listening.